You're listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast where we dig into the truth and in information. My name is Vishwajit Mishra with me and today is Scott Sinclair, senior analyst with Enterprise Strategy Group. Welcome Scott. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks Bish. Happy to be back. Always great chatting with you. This is the second part of our discussion with Scott. In the first part we covered the changing business landscape, additional demands on IT limitations of current object storage solutions and the requirements of a modern object storage solution. Scott, we were talking about the next generation of object storage solutions. You had the chance to review the Veritas Cognitive Object Storage. How does it fare as a modern object storage solution? You know, I think one of the things, just to, to catch you on your question, is when I think about it, I, I don't think about it as a modern object storage solution. I just think it is a modern storage solution. I, you know, I think one of the things, and this is something I, that we're continuing to see evolve over and over and over again in IT, is abstracting the how away from technology. I mean, object is, is a way to deliver this massive unstructured data repository, mm -hmm. and we're seeing a lot of overlap between what is file and what is object. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you know, it, you and I love those distinctions because, you know, you're able to get in the technology and say, wow, you know, object storage is, you know, it's, it's, it's a flat address space and it can do all these things. Anyway, at, at the end of the day, what matters to IT players is, okay, how much data can I store? How is this going to change my business? How can this help me use my data more effectively to change my business? And, and for that, I think when I think about modern storage, I think about the ability to handle the modern demands of data today as well as help enable businesses to be more competitive in just the modern digital economy that we live in. And to me, the you know cognitive object storage plays right into both of those factors. Excellent. Uh, one of the things with the cognitive object storage that we are really passionate about is the cognitive ability. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners what you feel about the cognitive abilities of this solution. Well, hopefully you're passionate. It's in the name. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's cognitive. Well, I, and to me, that's the part that jumps out. You know, I think we, we got in this a little bit on our previous podcast, but when you think about object storage, right, you know, organizations thought about it as, okay, we need something that has, that delivers massive scale, that can deliver resiliency at scale, because if you're in a multi-petabyte world, you probably aren't doing tape backups all the time. Um, and, and you have to do it cost effectively. But at the end of the day, you know, the big challenge, and, and just to reiterate a little bit, is we need to help organizations move from storing data to leveraging it. And to me, that's where the cognitive engine comes into place. Is, you know, the, one of the things that really hit, that stood out to me is the ability to, you know, enrich and add custom metadata into, into certain data sets. I think one of the things, Objects has always kind of had that promise but it really hasn't been as intuitive as I think some of the things that you guys are doing. I, I, I like the way that you're able to, you know, you have a HTML5 socket that plugs into AI and ML type workloads because I think that's something else that, that organizations are trying to, f that when you look at working within those workloads, data integration is a big challenge. How do we prep the data? How do we manage it is something that's big. And I think with, even within the, the UI that you have put together to help kind of generate you know, um, automatically trigger workflows is something else that's huge. Because one of the things that just continues to be reiterated to me every time I talk to a, uh, an end user is these routine tasks, whatever they are, routine manual tasks are killing IT organizations. The more you can automate, the more that you can put in if-then logic and say, if this happens, take this automatic task, right. frees up resources to do all the things that companies need to, to compete in this digital economy that we live in. 
Right. And this is something that, you know, we have been hearing a lot from our customers as well. Uh, just wanted to know, these cognitive abilities, what kind of a business impact can they have for a customer? Have you heard from the customers that you speak to, like, you know, such kind of uh, abilities, will they have drive business values in their organization? So, uh, so first off, absolutely. I think, but it depends on the company. Right, and, and everyone has different data challenges. You know, I think one of the things that we see in the news all the time is data is the new oil, it, data has value. And for, f when I talk to some players, it depends on who you talk to, some people get that in, in, intuitively. They sit down and go, yes, data is the core of our business. We are a software company, that is who we are. And other companies sit down and go, what are you talking about? Data's always had value, otherwise, I ha why wouldn't I, ha you know, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't be storing this stuff for 20 years. And, and the point is, data's always had value. What's different is the tools and the resources we have to apply to it today. And what's happened is data's turned from a business enabler to one that can deliver competitive advantage, that can deliver through insights or through AI, ML, or analytics, can better understand how, you know, to help really create that competitive differentiation that companies are looking for. Right. At the same time, there's almost this foundational capability that organizations need within cognitive around compliance and security that it seems like every year just escalates in terms of the number of threats, in terms of the number of different ways in which we have to think about the right to be forgotten or these other, you know, GDPR, these sorts of things that come into play that companies have to figure out how to address. And they're not addressing it in a 50 terabyte environment, they're addressing it in a multiple, you know, tens of petabytes environment. And that's something that we are really excited with the cognitive object storage, right? I mean, you touched on all the abilities of what we meant by cognitive abilities, the ability of being able to create custom metadata, which allows like, you know, deeper level of search or like, you know, triggering automatic, uh, automatic workflows, which help customers become GDPR compliant. That's something how we wanted to push the envelope. Uh, but one thing that I would love to hear from you is like, with a technology uh, like this, do you believe it will provide customers the opportunity to do more in their environment? Um, absolutely. I think, you know, it comes down to resources. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you think about it, every IT organization has a fixed amount of budget, and they can apply that to infrastructure, they can apply that to people. And what we've seen is, this, we, we all talk about this, and I, I think I've talked, mentioned it maybe to the answer to your last question, is this rise of data, right? So organizations have been increasing budget to address the rise of data forever. But at the end of the day, all that does is that's just the same keeping the lights on, you know, keeping basic services going in a growing environment. That doesn't do anything to stand up, you know, a new DevOps team. Mm -hmm. You know, right. hire data scientists to go right. look at, okay, can we leverage analytics or AI or ML to go do some different things? Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't do anything to say, okay, now we have to stand up GDPR. GDPR is a prime example. We did a, a study on that earlier in the year. So this was before the May deadline. Mm -hmm. But back then, 82% of the IT organizations we polled were concerned, you know, were either highly concerned or concerned about GDPR. And with the 73% of the 73% of those folks thinking they still have some in incremental investment to make, and that right. was like you know five months before the deadline. Wow. So you sit down and you say there's still a number of organizations out there that you know even though the deadline is passed, that probably don't have a strong handle on their data, and if they are, they're managing the compliant. You know they might be compliant, 
but not actually able to handle if, if something happens. Right, right. Uh, by the way, uh, I always like cl to clarify this. When you say GDPR, it doesn't just impact the countries in European Union, right? It's just we need to clarify that to our listeners. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that's an excellent point. So the study I talked about covered both North America and Europe. But I mean, these are not just North American companies. Uh, I mean, not just European companies, excuse me. They're North American and European companies. And you, know, you have global companies that play multiple places. Even in U.S. companies, they look at the legislation. They say that could very easily come here, as well as just the fact that knowing where your sensitive your customer data is, is something that is paramount to just digital security in general. Um, organizations, I continue to talk to IT leaders that continue to identify, oh, I didn't know we had, you know, social security numbers over there, or, you know, because unstructured data has been this giant, you know, to the term that, you know, some people like, some people don't, is the giant enterprise junk drawer. I mean, that's what it's been forever. And now we live in this mobile hybrid cloud environment. You gotta, you have to know where all those assets are. And that's where I think something like a cognitive object storage comes into its elements because you can automatically identify what kind of PI information is present in your data so, so that you can treat your data in an appropriate manner, store it with the right level of security, make sure that only the right people have access to the data rather than you know, it's being a free-for-all, anyone can come in and access critical customer information, PI information, and put the organization in trouble. So we really hope that, you know, this addresses a big area uh, and concern for our customer, so. Oh, absolutely, because, you know, it goes back to that resource conversation we are just having. Mm -hmm. Because if, if it's not being done automatically, well, and your business needs it, well, that implies that you got some guy out there just scanning file shares looking for sensitive data. I mean, no one has time for that. I mean, that just let's be realistic. I mean, I, there are there was a time back in you know a couple decades ago when I was working in IT, we actually did that on you know a couple months we'd scan the you know the file shares and look for that. But I mean, back yeah. then we were talking gigs. We weren't even talking terabytes back then. Right. Well, in some cases, petabytes also is like. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Now we're in a multi-petabyte world or even exabyte for some of these companies. Wow. Yeah, that's true. This is a great Scott. Uh, any other final thoughts for our listeners about this industry? Something else that you would like to share about this, uh, the market? You know, I, I think really, you know, the final thoughts, and I, I you know, we, we talked about this originally, it's like coming up with a, you know, a, a term or a takeaway, but it really is, you know, know your data, change the world. You know, you see that, you know, that I, I love that little commercial with the, you know, change your apartment, change the world, but it, it really is. But, you know, that that's, that's a glib term to, you know, have a cute commercial, but it really is. We've entered a world where if you do not know your data, you are not only at a competitive disadvantage because you have this valuable resource that you're not using, but you're at a security disadvantage because there are threats that you don't know about. Not only that, there are compliance possible holes that you don't know about. And we see, you know, we see large fines happening in Europe. We see things that, you know, security threats, you know, the, the, the joke that myself and some of the other analysts continue to communicate is just the quickest way to get fired as a CEO is through security breaches. And, <laughs> and, those are, and so understanding where sensitive data is, understanding how to stay compliant, and enabling unlocking the value of data are all things that are in you know, inherently core to being a modern digital business. And if you look at the, the processes that you have to, that have to take place to get you there, um, if you're going to do it manually, that's just, that's a non-starter. You can't, you can't the, the time it takes, the budget and personnel it takes to get there just doesn't make sense. 
So if, if you're investing in infrastructure to build up this framework, the more intelligence that's, the more cognitive capabilities, the more intelligence that's in those technologies, the better you prepared you are to, to compete because then you can actually use your valuable resources to add value rather than keep the lights on and, and make sure you're covered. And we certainly believe that the Veritas Cognitive Object Storage can help the customers in exactly those kind of scenarios. This is awesome. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for joining in today. To learn more about the latest for cognitive object storage, go to veritas.com slash COS. Thanks for joining us.